Welcome to the Rosedale Bible College Chapel Podcast. We hope you are challenged and inspired by today's message. Enjoy. Today's address was delivered on January 22, 2021 by Dr. Anthony Rivers. Dr. Rivers is an adjunct professor of psychology at Rosedale Bible College and is on the pastoral team at Agape Christian Fellowship in Hilliard, Ohio. Thank you, sir. Good morning, my Rosedale family. How are you guys this morning? Uh, come on, I know you guys can talk a little bit more than that. I'm not here as a um, professor this morning, I'm here as a pastor, so good morning. <laughs> you guys can talk to me, is that all right? Okay, okay. I'm going to be very transparent this morning. I like to move around a little bit, so that way, you know, I don't want to trip because I do have ADHD for those that know me from my class. Um, so I'm going to try to stay focused, and that's why I have notes and all that good stuff. But I promise you, I'll probably get off topic. Um, so I apologize and ask for your grace on the front side of this thing. Um, but my text this morning is going to be out of Jeremiah 29.11. Jeremiah 29.11. And it states, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Let me repeat this. Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I just want to take a couple of minutes to speak from the topic, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Repeat after, repeat, repeat after me. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Okay, let us pray. Father God, thank you so much for this time this morning, Lord. I pray that you just watch over us, Lord. I pray that your spirit speaks through me, Lord God. I pray that you Eliminate anything that's in me, Lord, that's not of you, Lord God. I pray that you prepare the hearts and the minds of your people, Lord God. It's in your, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. In this chapter, God is judging the nation of Judah because of their unfaithfulness. See, the Babylonians had attacked Jerusalem and had taken 3,000 prisoners back to Babylon. And the Jews were probably saying, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. This isn't how it's supposed to happen to us. Aren't we God's chosen people? Aren't we the apple of God's eye? Like truly, what is going on? See, the Babylonians, as they were invaded the land of Judah, the captains are probably thinking to themselves, this isn't going to last long. God is going to come through like, for us like he always has. And then we have the prophet Hananiah who said in Jeremiah 28 that in two years, God was going to come and break the yoke of this king of Babylon and that we were going to be free. We're coming home. We're coming back home. Praise God. However, we know that in Jeremiah 29 verses 1 through 6, Jeremiah writes in this letter to the captors of Babylon that he writes, basically he says, you're not going home for a while. You're not ready to go home because I have plans for you right here in Babylon. Isn't it funny how God has the audacity to change our plans? <laughs> you know, I really got mad at God one time. They're like, okay, God, I, you know what I wanted to do. And you have the, you, I mean, you're truly going to change plans on me. You're going to like do a Yui. But who knows that God has the right to change plans, right? Then we look at verse 7 and Jeremiah says, seek the peace. 
and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper too. I believe that the Jews had to be thinking to themselves, you want us to pray for the community that, that carried us into captivity. Jeremiah, have you lost your mind? These people are the enemies of God. These people who vandalized the city of Jerusalem, how can, we, how can you ask us to pray for these people? I believe that God sometimes will ask us to do things that doesn't make sense to us. Has God ever asked you to do something that you're like, Lord, I know you're not asking me to do that. Do you know me? Like, do you really know who I am and you're asking me to do this? Like, seriously? I've had like a million of those moments in my life, typically because I'm hard-headed, but that's a whole nother situation. So again, I won't digress. I'm going to stay focused. And then down we get to verse 10, right? And God says something probably that really made them angry. He says that when 70 years have completed um, for you in Babylon, I will come and fulfill my gracious promise and bring you back to this place. The Jews had to be thinking that, you mean we got to live here for the next 70 years? Most of us are going to be dead. What kind of plan is this? You know, I think to myself that, that I heard that God loves us so much that he has a wonderful plan for our life. But I thought, isn't that great when you agree with the plan? <laughs> what if God asks you to do something that you're like, it is no way I want to do that, Lord. That's not at all what I have plans for. This morning, I want to speak for just, I want to talk about seven unexpected stops in my life. Seven unexpected stops. Because... Where I am now wasn't at all where I had planned to be. So I just want to talk about seven unexpected stops. The first stop came in the summer of 1989. I was a 10th grader um, in high school down in Tampa, Florida, and I was actually at visiting um, Bethune-Cookman College in Daytona Beach, Florida. Now, this is interesting because up to this particular point, my goals was to go to the Navy. I was headed to the Navy. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Didn't have no, I didn't even, I wasn't even on college prep in high school. I was going to the Navy. I just wanted to get out of high school. That's it. That was my plan. And then I signed up to go to this college visit at Bethune-Cookman primarily because it was going to be girls there. Had no desire for the college at all. I just knew there was going to be girls. My, my friends were going, so you know what I mean. It's going to be a really big party for the weekend. No parents, we're good. <laughs> I told you I was going to be honest. I'm not going to hide back anything. That was my plan. But for some reason, when I got on campus, I realized that, hold on now, maybe it's something to this college thing. Maybe it's something that, that maybe... You know, it might be in my future. So actually, after that particular situation, I went back to college. I mean, I went back to high school in that fall, and I changed everything around. I went to my, went to my counselor, guidance counselor, say, listen, you need to sign me up for college classes to get the class to get me to college. I need all of these things. I'm going to college. I said, forget about Dayton. I mean, the Navy. I'm going to college. And my plans quickly changed, primarily because that was a real good party <laughs> that weekend. <laughs> I can't get into all the details for obvious reasons, but I want to tell you guys that was a good party. 
I thank God for that party. <laughs> stop number two. That was stop number one. The stop number two that was really integral in my life, I believe, was it was November 1990, and um, I was a senior in high school at the time, and um, played on the football team, ran track, did really well in football, had letters and offers across the country to go to many different schools to play college football. So this one particular incident, a scout would call me. I probably had about two or three scouts that would call me at night. I would pick up the phone, talk to them. You know, this is the time when the phone was on the, you guys don't know about this, but the phone long cord was on the wall, she had to actually get up. <laughs> so it would irritate me, he'll call and say, hey, I'm coming to pick you up, Anthony. I'm like, okay, 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 I hung up the phone. So. He called like three times. The man, he was like, you know, I'm going to pick you up. I'm like, okay, okay. So I hung up the phone and went to school. Did not, did not think about anything. The principal called me down and said, hey, this scout is here to pick you up and take you someplace. I'm like, what scout? ADHD, remember? <laughs> this scout that has been calling you for the past three days came down to my house in Tampa to drive me and one of my buddies to, um, to West Virginia. Now, up to this point, understand that I grew up in the projects. So for me, we didn't really own a suitcase. So I was like, okay, I got to find a suitcase from somebody in the neighborhood to pack clothes to actually get up here um, to Western and Western College. So I did that. Um, again, it was the fall of my senior year. By the spring of my senior year, I loved that so much that as crazy as this sounds, the reason why out of all those schools, I chose West Virginia Westland is because I literally like the grass. <laughs> I like the way they manicured the grass. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. <laughs> I love that grass. It was like, for some reason, I saw it, I was like, man, they got some really nice grass. I want to go here. <laughs> Not an inside joke. <laughs> Truly, I really did like their lawn. <laughs> So the funny thing is about this, remember, when I started out, I wanted to go to Navy. At this point, I got to the point I want to go to college, um, didn't have any of the classes, got in a, signed up for the classes. Now, I want to get into this particular college. But every time I called, they would deny me. I literally got denied to, to go to Western New Westland College five times. I'm being on, I'm being very honest with you guys. Every time... I, I got denied so many times that I got to know this lady on the first name basis in the admissions office. She would say, Anthony, you need to call, her name was Kim Davis. Matter of fact, she came to our wedding, but I'm going to tell you about that. <laughs> um, she would call and say, Anthony, call back in 30 days. I would call back in 30 days. Kim, this Anthony, what's up? Can I get in? She said, nope, not now. Call me in 30 days. I'll call her in 30 days. I did this five times, and it wasn't until May of my senior year before she said, guess what? We can admit you now. I'm like, praise God. I told you I like the manicure lawns. <laughs> God got me into West Virginia Wesleyan College. And so he's moving me from wanting to do this to now you're doing this to now you're doing this. And at this point, I still have no big picture for my life. I was the first person in my family to attend college. My goal wasn't to graduate. I just wanted to go to college. I wanted to play football. If I graduated, 
It did not matter to me. I just wanted to say I was the first person to go to college. That was my, that was in my heart. That was what I wanted to do. But then in spring of 1992, that was my freshman year in college. In that spring, um, I was pledging my fraternity. Um, yeah, that was a weird story, but that's another thing. But I was pledging, and in the middle of all of that stuff, I met this young lady named Colleen Rivers. Well, Colleen Lane at the time. She soon became Rivers. <laughs> and so she was a sophomore, and I thought to myself, mm, mm, I kind of like her. <laughs> she was a soccer player. And, you know, um, and we had met earlier, which we totally disagree on the story, but she was there playing college soccer. I was there early for football. And um, we didn't really meet and connect more until the spring of that year. And um, we began to kind of hang out and we, we began dating. And it wasn't until I met her that I actually started thinking about life beyond college. At that point, I was like, well, you know what? I may want to start wanting to graduate now. You know, that might be a good idea. I'm in college. Things are going pretty decent. Let's try to graduate. Let's try to get to the point to do something with your life outside of that, outside of just playing football and running track and being in school. So she, she had everything I feel like I did not have. She had faith. Um, she loved pretty strong. And I just knew I didn't see my life without her. So we began to date, and matter of fact, a year later, we became engaged. We got engaged our junior year um, in college. We were engaged for two years before we eventually got married. So we got, um, matter of fact, we got married and graduated on the same day. My family was from Florida. Her family is from um, Grove City, Ohio. And I know that neither one had the money to come up twice, so we said, you know what, let's get it done on the same day. Got married that morning, I mean, graduated that morning, went straight, and then to get dressed and get ready for a wedding. The funny thing is, after we got married, we had to go back to my dorm because I had to move out. <laughs> so she's literally in her wedding dress, and I'm in my tux, moving out our dorm room. <laughs> we put it into the U-Haul, and then we went on to the honeymoon. <laughs> Again, I share that story because up to this particular point, my goal was to go to the Navy. For some reason, God was like, put me in a place to say, you know, I'm going to put you at this thing, um, at this college visit. And now he's like, you know what, maybe I want to go to college now. Maybe I want to graduate from college because he keeps moving me around kind of like a chess piece. And now he put me in a situation to meet this young lady that now I want to graduate and now we're married and now... I'm thinking about life way beyond myself. So we get married. We move to Ohio. Um, we have two kids, our middle child, Whitney, which um, came here for a semester. And um, bring me to my fourth stop. So at this particular point, we get a house. Um, we're doing well. And then one day God's like, um, I want you to go back to graduate school and get your doctorate. Had already had my master's, but he was like, I want you to get your doctorate. Now, at this point, I've already lived beyond what I ever thought I was going to do in my life. I never thought I was ever going to get this far in my life, 
But then God says, you have to go talk to this woman and say, you need to quit your job and go back to school full time and you're not working, bringing in any income. That was a hard conversation. (laughs) But I knew what she was going to ask me. Is God talking to you? Is this from God? I said, God is, I believe God is telling me this. So in the spring of 2001, I'm in a graduate school interview. And it's a little bit different to get into a doctoral program where you interview. And then we had probably 500 applications for about 20 positions, 25 positions at Wright State. I got selected to probably one of the 100 to be able to to be on this interview. Um, In the middle of the interview, well, after the interview, rather, excuse me, one of the people who was interviewing me saying, Anthony's going to be great to be with you in the fall, pretty much saying you got in. Um, I was like, great, call my wife, call the kids, we celebrate it. It's like in 30 days, you'll get a letter. So again, I'm a hyper person at times. So 30 days, I waited. 30 days, did not get a letter. Now, at this point, I actually turned down a spot of a graduate program. And when you apply to a graduate program and you accept a position, you have to pay them to get out of the spot. So I already paid to get out of a program in Minnesota because I knew God was telling me to go and I was going to go to the right state. So I already, I'm, I'm full into this at this particular point and I don't get in. So I thought to myself, God, come on. I know you told me I was going to the right state. I know I heard you clearly. And I didn't get in. So I got my buddies. Well, my wife actually got the buddies around me. They prayed for me. I applied the next year, and I finally got in um, to Wright State. And it wasn't until my second year in Wright State, it was in year two, that was the spring, which is my fifth stop, excuse me, the spring of 2003. At this particular program, it's interesting because they tell you from day one, this is a five-year program. You can only get two Cs. At your third C, you're out the program. You get one C. You're on academic probation. You get two C's, we release you. That's it. You get two C's within your, and they'll tell you within this four-year coursework, decide which class you're going to get a C in, because your third C, you're out. So this was the spring of my second year. I had four C's. I was struggling. We literally had no money. At the time, we had one car. I would drop my wife off to school in Columbus. She would catch a ride to go get our kids, to pick our kids up, to to go back home. I would drive the day in and I would come home. We did that every day for a year. We had nothing. I was like, Lord, I cannot do this. I know that I can get a job, I can make money, and you have me in this program, and I can only have two C's, but now I got four C's, and I'm about to be kicked out. And my advisor, the lovely person who she was, came up to me, and this is how I found out about this whole process of being kicked out. I was going to um, the library, one of the libraries, because the School of Psychology was assigned a specific specific library. So I was going to this library, and she was coming in, and she saw me, and she was like, Anthony, we just met with all of the freshmen, I mean the first years, and we found out that you have about four Cs. You're not going to make it out this semester. You may want to think about what you're going to do after this. I was like, wow. And she kept walking. 
It was just that call. I was like, I called my wife, then I was like, listen, I can't do this. I need to go get my job. Maybe I didn't hear God clearly. Maybe it was a mistake I made. I, I wasn't supposed to be here. She prayed for me on the phone and said, get your butt back in there. <laughs> for you guys who know my wife, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> she said, we prayed about it. We fasted about it. We t- we're trusting God. You need to get back into there and, k- and keep it moving. God brought us through. Um, he provided and I'm skipping a lot of stuff, but he provided a lot for us and blessed us tremendously. And um, we get through right state and we do all of those things. But one of the things, but this is going to be my, my sixth stop. After you get your doctorate, um, we have this thing in psychology. You got the internship for a year. But after you complete all of those things, the dissertation and everything, you have these state exams that you need to take. Yes. So after you graduate, you still have two years of training to get through. So I had to go through two years of training for a postdoctoral program. And also my national exam is called the EPPP. Now, this is probably one of my biggest hurdles in my journey. This is, by the way, my message for you guys is for those who feel like it is no way God can use me. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. It's no way. My message is for you this morning. So this EPPP is a national exam, and it costs $450 to, to take it every time you take this exam. Remember, we're broke. I failed that exam five times. No, four times. I passed on my fifth time. It took me five years to get past that exam. You have to wait six months in between taking that exam again. At the third time passing it, I was like, God... I know you didn't bring me this far. I'm in debt for my bachelor's. My wife has a master's as well, so we have two bachelor's, two master's, and now a doctor degree, and we have student loans throughout of all of that kind of stuff. And you tell me I can't get licensed because I can't pass this test? I'm like, Lord, come on. Now, in the middle of all of this, guess what happens? God is like, "Um, I want to call you the pastor in ministry. I'm like, me? I'm so upset with you right now. <laughs> like, how am I going to minister? Are you serious? So in 2010, you know, we got back when we graduated. Um, God was like, I'm going to put you on this elder team as an elder. I'm like, Lord, are you serious? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to trust you. 2012, he's like, you know what? Um... I want to ordain you the pastor. I'm saying, Lord, you and I are not on talk, speaking terms. <laughs> I failed this thing four times, and you want me to take it a fifth time, and I'm trying to be an elder. I'm trying to, to you know, to be a psychologist, even though I can't because I, I'm not licensed yet. So what's up? And he's like, you know what? You just got to trust me. It's weird because I didn't think about this until preparing for this. I was able to pass my EPPP the same year I accepted my calling to pastor. It coincided the same year for me. So now it takes me to my seventh stop, customized behavioral health care. I never dreamed about having a practice. 
I'm going to take you guys all the way back. I wanted to go and go to the Navy and just attend college and party. I figured if I can party for four years, I'm good. That was literally my goals. But for some reason, God, it's like I have way more for you. In my practice, um, we have contracts with six schools that we, that we work with around Columbus. A lot of my charter schools in the inner city, and a lot of these individuals are, have very similar backgrounds to myself. People who feel like there's no way they're gonna make it, they haven't really seen a black professional like myself or other professionals. So just merely my presence at these schools, I believe bring hope to some of these kids. Um, my oldest daughter is finishing up her doctorate in, um, in Florida right now. So she's gonna join my practice and my youngest daughter is gonna join the practice and my middle daughter is actually my administrative assistant who's gonna take over those duties. God has truly blessed us tremendously in a way that I would have never thought or believe, I feel like my life reflects this Jeremiah 2911. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for you to prosper and not harm you, and plans to give you hope and a future. The interesting thing about being a psychologist and a pastor is that when people see me as a psychologist, they don't really know that I'm a pastor. I've been able to treat um, people with, um, you know, different lifestyles. I've treated trans. I've, I've actually treated a person who was racist and atheist. That was funny when they walked in. They was like, hmm. Remember they walked in and after about 10 minutes, they was like, I think I need to tell you something. I'm kind of racist <laughs> and I'm an atheist. I was like, what if you don't judge me? Guess what? I won't judge you. <laughs> Let's talk. I've been able to share God's word with so many different people because they don't, they don't see me as my role as a pastor. As a counselor, they break down and they just share their hurts. To me, being a pastor and being a psychologist is one and the same, helping hurting people. I believe God has placed me at a point to encourage people that even though you may feel like you can't do it, if he gave you a plan, you have to trust him. So I want to close by giving you guys three tips. I like to keep it very simple, but I'm just going to give you three tips that I want you to hold true to your heart. The first tip is this. Always align your goals with God's purpose for your life. Don't try to align God's purpose with your goals. What I mean by that is sometimes we try to ask God to bless and confirm what we think we want to do, as opposed to aligning what we want to do with God's purpose for our lives. That may change. I think I changed my major three times before I settled in psychology. But seek God's purpose, and then you align what you want to do with God's purpose for your life, and things will go a whole lot easier. The second point or tip I want to give you guys is this. Don't let failure distract you. Too many people, I believe, are afraid to fail. I believe that there's no way you're going to be able to get to where you want to be in God without failing. Whether you're going to be a pastor, whether teacher, nurse, whatever you decide to do, failure is going to be a part of that. But don't be distracted by failure. Also, don't be distracted, I would say, by the signs. Sometimes we look at failure and signs as if it's somehow, you know, what we should not be doing. 
I, like I told you guys, I failed so much in my life that now I just trust God. I trust God because I know that God's going to bring me through. I'm not afraid of failure. Some people are more afraid of success than they are of failure, but I'm no longer afraid of failure. He's inoculated me to that for the most part. <laughs> so I'm good with that. But the last thing is going to be this. Understand that you, have to, you often have to grow into what God has for you. Um, you have to grow into what God has for you. I'm going to use my, my marriage. I believe that I married a woman who was like three sizes too big for me. And what I mean by that is that I had to grow into how she loves. Her, her ability to love was way beyond mine. Her ability to see the future was way beyond mine. She knew what she wanted to do with her life. Me, I just wanted to party and be with my five brothers. God will put you in a position where you have to grow into that. As a psychologist, I'm still growing into what that means. As a pastor, I'm still growing into what that means. Don't be afraid to accept your calling, but understand that you're going to have to grow into what God truly has for you. Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much for what you've done today, Lord God, and for your words, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to to bless your people and your servants today, Lord God. I pray that for those that might be um, concerned, Lord, or doubting what you have for them, Lord God. I just pray, Father, that you confirm in their hearts that you have them at the right place and you have a plan for their life, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you help them make that plan clear. And I pray, Father, that you help them align their plans with your purpose. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please like and share so others can benefit from it as well. And check out our other podcast series from our website at rosedale.edu slash podcasts. God bless you and have a good day.